You're listening to Amazing Discoveries Audio. This is Total Onslaught, episode 32, with Walter Feit. Well, this lecture now, as you can see, is titled Loud Cry. It's basically a study of Revelation chapter 18, because we are doing a Revelation seminar, and we've moved through all the chapters now. We've done 17 already, and we're now going into 18, and then the next evenings we'll do 19 all the way through to 22, the final events as they unfold on this planet. Because the book of Revelation tells us exactly what is going to happen. It is an amazing book for the times that we live in. Revelation 18 is written as a chiasm, and there is a chiasm of songs. The first two songs are heavenly songs. They are heavenly beings that sing these songs, verses 2 and 4. Songs 3 to 5 are earthly, verses 9, 11, and 17. And songs 6 to 7 are heavenly, verses 21 and 19 verse 1. So all of these are a chiasm. So we have 1 and 2 heavenly, 3 to 5 earthly, 6 and 7 heavenly. And these are great proclamations to the world. A proclamation of warning and a proclamation of victory with a proclamation of woe by the earthly ones in between. The first heavenly song, heavenly song 1, Revelation 18, verse 1. And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lighted with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. Where did we hear that before? Revelation 14, it was the second angel's message. And... The second angel's message said, is fallen, is fallen, because that made the nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. That's where it ended. Now the second angel's message is going to be boosted with additional information. Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, is become a habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Hmm. That's kind of powerful language. That means that the religious systems of the world will be controlled not by the Spirit of God, but by what? Spirits of demons. That's a very, very serious situation. Every foul spirit and every unclean and hateful bird, when the Holy Spirit was likened to a bird, what bird was used as a symbol? A dove. Is that a clean or an unclean bird? It's a clean bird. Now we have an unclean bird. So here is an unclean spirit masquerading as the Spirit of God. Have we seen such a spirit in some of the churches in the world? Didn't we look at some of the videos and what we saw and what terrible things transpire and how these people then that bring about all these manifestations in the churches actually say that they themselves are God? and that, well, they could have saved the world, all these things. Is that the Spirit of God, or is that the Spirit of another kind? It must be a Spirit of another kind. Revelation 18, verse 3, For all nations 
that's rather sad, have drunk of the wine of the wrath of a fornication. So Babylon is controlling the world. The religious system is controlling the world. So the nations have drunk it, and the kings of the earth, that's the rulers, have committed fornication with her. In other words, they're working together with the religious structures. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. What have the merchants got to do with this? This is fascinating stuff. So the nations are subject to Babylon. The kings are subject to Babylon. You mean to tell me the merchants are also subject to Babylon? Isn't this interesting? Well, today, if you aren't one of the insiders, hmm, you will have problems coping in this world. Heavenly song number 2, Revelation 18, verse 4, and I heard another voice from heaven. You see, there's a second voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. This is a very important message. That you be not partakers of her sins and that you receive not of her plagues, for her sins have reached unto heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. So this is a message of separation. And God is calling a people out of Babylon. That means he's calling people out of systems of false worship. Serious business. And we can reject it, or we could do it. It's very hard to change. It's very hard to come out of one system and to acknowledge that we were in error. It was very hard for me to come out of my system. Very hard. But I had no choice. Or else I would sit in Babylon. And the Bible says, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. So there are going to be some consequences to these actions. Isaiah 21 verse 9 says, And behold, here cometh a chariot of men with a couple of horsemen. And he answered and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, and all the graven images of her gods he has broken unto the ground. That was the typical message. There is going to be an anti-typical message, which will be worldwide. Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. Howl for her, take balm for her pain. If so be, she may be healed. Now listen to this sad note, Jeremiah 51, 8 and 9. We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. She will not listen. She will not repent and change her ways and come back into harmony with God. Therefore, what does it say? Forsake her. And let us go, everyone, unto his own country, for her judgment reaches unto heaven and is lifted up unto the skies. Jeremiah 51, 8-9. As it was then, so it will be at the end. Revelation 18, 6 says, Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her, double according to her works in the cup, which she has filled, filled to her double. She has poured out false doctrines, she has exalted self instead of exalting God, and she will have to face the consequences because people on this planet will be lost because of her. How much she has glorified herself. Do you see that? 
and live deliciously, so much torment and sorrow. Give her. How much torment and sorrow has she dished out over the years? We've had all these lectures. We've seen what they've done. It is an horrendous story. It's an unbelievable story that we gave piece by piece by piece because if we'd given it all, you would have all run away and you would have said, this is insanity. Would you not have done so? I'm sure you would have. And she has said in her heart, I sit as queen and I am not a widow and I shall not see sorrow, therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine and she will be utterly burned with fire for strong is the Lord God who judges her. The Babylonian system which has permeated the whole of the religious world today is going to be destroyed by God, by fire. Leviticus 21.9, And the daughter of any priest, if she profane herself by playing the whore, she profaneth her father, she shall be burnt with fire. Not by stoning, by fire. So that'll be the end. So it's better to come out of her than to stay in her. Very, very, very tough call. This is a loud cry. Two selected messages. I think I may quote that now because we've had a lecture on this. And let's see what the message entails. Thus the substance of the second angel's message is again given to the world. Remember, Babylon is fallen, Babylon is fallen. By that other angel who lightens the earth with his glory. These messages, that's the three angels' messages, worship God, give glory to him, the hour of his judgment has come. Babylon is fallen, Babylon is fallen. Do not accept the mark of the beast. These messages all blend into one to come before the people in the closing days of this earth's history. All the world will be tested and all that have been in the darkness of error in regard to the Sabbath of the fourth commandment will understand the last message of mercy that is to be given to men. Remember that the Sabbath is just the seal of authority to the entire law of God. So in a sense, it stands up not because of the day, but because of the authority that it gives to the entire law of God. There were two temple cleansings, two calls out of Babylon. When Jesus began his public ministry, he cleansed the temple from its sacrilegious profanation. Beautiful parallels here. Among the last acts of his ministry was the second cleansing of the temple. So in the last work for the warning of the world, two distinct calls are made to the churches. The second angel's message is Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all the nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And in the loud cry of the third angel's message, a voice is heard from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues, for her sins have reached unto heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. That makes sense. There were two cleansings of the temple. There are two callings out, out of apostasy to the truth. Now, what are these sins? For her sins have reached unto heaven. How do you give a message like this? Do you get up there and say, Babylon has sinned? No. 
You have to say what it means. So, here's another quote. Called to expose the man of sin. In the very time in which we live, the Lord has called his people and has given them a message to bear. He has called them to expose the wickedness of the man of sin who has made Sunday law a distinctive power and who has thought to change times and laws and to oppress the people of God who stand firmly to honor him. That's very interesting. Did we have some lectures here discussing how the law of God was changed? And did we look at what happened in history and how the Jesuits worked behind the scenes to control every aspect of humanity? Yes. So we exposed some of this wickedness and how political systems were going to be controlled by this power. In fact, it goes further in four manuscripts released, she writes, people are to be shown what they might expect from the papal power. And the time has come when the Protestant churches are reaching out to grasp the hand of the power that has made void the law of God. Is that so? Is that happening? Did they do it? Are they in the ecumenical movement reaching over and saying, you are our spiritual leader? Yes. So the people are to be shown what they may expect from the papal power. Did we do that in these lectures? Frighteningly so, unfortunately. Not an easy message to give. It's actually even a dangerous message to give in the times we live in. But that was a necessary message. We are to give the message Babylon the great is fallen and is become the habitation of devils and every etc. Come out of them, my people. This message is to come to the churches. And the message must be so presented as to command the attention of reasoning minds. It mustn't be just a load of emotional stuff. It must be a logical message. I hope we have succeeded a little bit in that, it is a huge task. The message of the fall of Babylon as given by the second angel is repeated. Now this is very interesting. Let's start from the beginning. About this mighty angel in Revelation chapter 18 that descends to earth to unite his voice with the third angel. Great power and glory were imparted to the angel and as he descended, the earth was lighted with his glory. The light which attended this angel penetrated everywhere as he cried mightily with a strong voice, Babylon the great is fallen, has become a cage of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. What does that mean? Well, here it says, the message of the fall of Babylon as given by the second angel is repeated. That's correct, we can see that. With the additional mention of the corruptions which have been entering the churches since 1844. Wow, that's fascinating stuff. So in other words, when the message was first proclaimed early on, it wasn't clear what it really meant. It just meant Babylon is fallen because they have false doctrine. But how deep does the rot go is part of the other angel. In other words, what this angel has to do, he has to not only say, Babylon, you are fallen, but he must say, you have become a house of demons and of every unclean bird. And how do you do that? You have to reveal 
the corruptions which have been entering the churches since 1844. Now, consider the lecture series we've had. We have looked at how occultism has come into the churches. We've had a look at as how people in high spiritual places have actually been members of secret societies that place Lucifer above Jesus Christ. We have seen how they manipulated the word of God and changed it. Have we seen that? We have seen how they've placed themselves in the position of God and even dared to say that they are, I am, I am, or even more horrendous, saying that they could have saved you. Kenneth Copeland said that. Now, is that not corruption that has come into the churches? And how the Church of England has officially called for seances in the church. How can you allow that if you are a servant of the gospel? So these things are bad. They are bad. And they are designed so that people should recognize what's going on in the world out there. How they have left Jesus Christ behind and accepted another gospel. So here's another one in the great controversy with the additional mention of the corruption which have been entered the various organizations that constitute Babylon. So there's a huge, huge organization here. That is everything that's under control in Babylon. In other words, it's a monstrous task. Who controls Babylon behind the scenes? We had a look at it. We looked and we saw that it was who? The Jesuit order working stealthfully behind the scenes to further the aims of Rome. Then we had a look at the organizations and what their teachings were. And we saw, wow, it's not only that, but there are secret societies like Skull and Bones, Knights of Columbus, Opus Dei, etc., etc., etc. And we looked at what they taught and what they actually stood for. Scary. Then we looked at the great body that they brought together in order to unite the world politically and we see spiritually as well, and that was the United Nations. And we used their quotes to see what they were actually saying. All of these organizations, we went through them one by one and we saw what has been happening over there. Of Babylon, her sins have been reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquity. She has lifted up the measure of her guilt, and destruction is about to fall on her. So, announcing the sins of Babylon, these announcements uniting with the third angel's message constitute the final warning to be given to the inhabitants of the earth. Well, if this is true, if this is true, then I think that's what you've just been hearing in the last few weeks. That's kind of scary. And I want to almost guarantee you that it's never been done before like this. I would almost like to guarantee that. It's been bits and pieces, but this is interesting. How must we go about this? Our warfare is aggressive. Let nothing lessen the force of the truth for this time. The third angel's message must do the work of separating from the churches the people who will take their stands on the platform of eternal truth. These are thunderous things. I heard those clothed with the armor speak forth the truth with great power. It had effect. Many had been bound, some wives by their husbands, 
some children by their parents. The honest had been prevented from hearing the truth, now eagerly laid hold upon it. All fear of their relatives was gone, and the truth alone was exalted to them. They had been hungering and thirsting for truth. It was dearer and more precious than life. I asked what had made the great change, and Angel answered, It is the latter rain, the refreshing from the presence of the Lord, the loud cry of the third angel. The loud cry of the third angel is the latter rain. That's very interesting. What's the latter rain about? Joel chapter 2 verse 11, And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great. For he is strong that executed his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can abide it? Can you see this is serious business? This is not a joke. Therefore also now, says the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your hearts, with fasting and with weeping and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. No good having an outer display of religion. There must be a change in here. And turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. What a wonderful God. He's had so many thousands of years of tears and patience and long-suffering with the people that never want to listen to him. Nothing has changed over history. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children. Those who suck at the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber. That's Jesus coming again. And the bride out of her closet. That's his people who are waiting to be united with him. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? God's people will have to be on their knees. This is a serious time. Jeremiah 30 verse 7 says, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it, wrestling with God and saying, Lord, am I doing the right thing? Am I in line with your word? Hosea 6.3 Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. God started his ministry with a former rain. God will end his ministry with a latter rain. And the latter rain is the loud cry. In other words, people screaming to the world, why do you want to die? Come out of sin. Come, accept truth. You see, it's not a selfish something. It is something for salvation. Joel 2.23 Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. There was a typology there that was fulfilling a greater spiritual truth. Zechariah 10.1 
Ask ye the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, so the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. We have to ask for it. Ask the Lord to help us to make the best plans to spread the truth and to change inside. Ephesians 4, 13 and 15, till we come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, but speaking the truth in love. May grow up in him in all things which is the head, even Christ. It's a very hard message. You have become a house of demons and a house of every unclean and detestable bird. And you have to say it in love, with a tear in the eye. Difficult to do. Jesus has shed many tears in this way for us. Hebrews 12, 26. Didn't he shed tears when he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I wanted to gather you like a mother hen, her chicks. But you would not. And now your house has been left to you desolate. He saw the destruction of Jerusalem. He did it with tears. He wanted to, but they would not listen. Some did. Hebrews 12, 26, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Nehemiah 5, 13, also I shook my lap and said, so God shake out every man from, what's it say there? His house, and from his labor that performeth not this promise. Even thus he be shaken out and emptied. And all the congregation said, Amen, and praised the Lord, and the people did according to the promise. Job 15.33, He shall shake off his unripe grape as the vine, and shall cast off his flowers as the olive. So the loud cry is not just for the world, but it's for the personal hearts. And we have to decide, do we want to be ripe grapes, or do we want to remain unripe grapes? Do we want to grow into the stature and fullness of Christ or do we want to keep a little bit to ourselves? That's the question. So the loud cry is a message to the outside world warning them to come out of Babylon and to make a stand for righteousness and truth based on the Bible and the Bible alone. And the loud cry is a message to the heart saying, no half religion is good enough anymore. Either I'm all for Christ or I'm all against him. There can be no lukewarmness, one or the other. It's a very serious message. I asked the meaning of the shaking I had seen and was shown that it would be caused by the straight testimony called forth by the counsel of the true witness to the Laodiceans. So the Laodiceans have to be told... Laodiceans, you are cold, wretched, blind, naked. Buy eye salt so that you can see and purchase gold refined in the fire. That's the fire of affliction. That is to change the heart, to change the mind. This will have its effect upon the heart of the receiver and will lead to exalt the standard and pour forth straight truth. Some will take it, some will leave it. 
So don't think that because you are in a denomination that preaches the truth, that that means you are going to be saved. Nobody's saved by his birth. Nobody is saved by the dress he wears or what school he attends. You're saved by your relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, is there anything to fear? No. Because Job said, even if he slay me, yet will I trust him. And that's the relationship we have to have. You can't have a half-measure relationship. You have to have an experience. You have to have oil. You must have walked the road so that you know that this is someone you can trust. Song 3. So those were the two heavenly warnings. Serious warnings. And then the earthly warnings. What do you think the earthly warnings are going to be? Are they going to be joyful? No, those who stay earthly are not going to be joyful. Revelation 18.9 And the kings of the earth who had committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her. Why? Because of their loss. Not because they wanted to repent. Oh no, this is sorrow that leads to death. Sorrow for loss rather than godly sorrow which re leads to repentance which is recognizing your own problem and changing. And when they shall see the smoke of her burning, because God is going to destroy Babylon, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. There are the kings of the world today, and all of them wander after the beast. All of them. They're not looking at the Bible. They're doing what a system says. And so you have the Gorbachevs and the Popes, and you have the Lechvalezas, and you have the Castros, and you have the Queens and the Kings and the Princes, and whether they are Islam or whether they are United States of America, all the kings wandered after the beast. And all of them are eating dead bread. That's what it is. Dead bread. Jesus said, do this in memory of me till I come. We serve a living Christ, a risen Christ. These are all the politicians of the world and they all live at the same fountain. There's Nelson Mandela receiving the same. And isn't it sad? They're all listening to the system and giving a public display of obedience to a worldly system. The kings of the world will wail. Whether we like them or whether they have done great things is not the criterion. And I would love to sit down and talk with Nelson Mandela. I would love to sit down and talk to him. I'm not condemning him. The whole world is in confusion and living in a lie. If only he could understand. If only the President of the United States could understand. Maybe they could repent and change. Here he is speaking at the United Nations, Pope John Paul II. And he said, now get on with it. Make me a new world order. That's what we need on this planet. Well, maybe you'll get your new world order. But it's not God's order. It's not God's order. 
Pope calls for a new world order, CNN, his whole New Year's speech. And whether it's Putin or whether it is Bush, who cares? They're all under the same roof. Do you see that the kings of the world are going to wail when Babylon goes, yes or no? Yes, they're going to wail. Song 4 is another earthly one. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her. For no man buys their merchandise anymore. Who controls the merchant world and the banking world? We had lectures on it. Do you remember? Whole lectures. And we saw that in control of all of these are the secret societies. Yes? Skull and bones controls at the upper level. Masonry controls at the lower levels. Everything is controlled. And the merchants of the world cannot move without saying yay or nay to the power of the beast. You try and open a store in a mall and tell them all that you'll be closed on a Sabbath day. Will you get a store? No, you won't. You can close on a Sunday, but you can't close on a Saturday. You have to obey the beast, and more and more you'll have to obey the beast in order to be a merchant. Have you noticed how the little man is being squeezed out of the world? And how the mega companies have come together and are controlling everything? And soon you will not be able to buy or sell unless you are part of the system. And those who are part of the system are cashing in. They don't mind. They don't mind. For the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and fine wood and many things, ivory and vessels and most precious wood and brass and iron and marble and you name it and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. Whoa, whoa, what was that? They control everything, even the souls of men and slaves. Is there a slave trade in the world today? Bigger than you might imagine. And the sex slave trade in the world is not going unnoticed by the eye of God. What happens behind the scene is so horrendous, it's not worthy of mention in this circle. And they work with the souls of men. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after, after are departed from thee, and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. Is there going to be an economic collapse? Yes, because Babylon is going to collapse. Revelation 18, 15, the merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour, so great riches is come to naught. Wow. So the whole system of the economy, based on the secret societies, is going to collapse. Here's another song. Number five, Revelation 
and every shipmaster and all the company in ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off. Can you see that? What do they do by sea? Trade. And cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made, this is this earthly song, were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour she made desolate. Look at Psalms 48 verse 7. Thou breakest the ships of Tarshish with an east wind. Psalms 104 verse 26. There, there go the ships. There is that Leviathan, Satan, whom thou hast made to play therein. Psalms 107.23, they that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. Hmm. The economic world is not run by whom you think it is run. If you want to be a mega company, you better be on the side of the beast or not be at all. That is the sad fact. World business. Facing up to transformation, interesting symbols and signs. Satan uses influence of mind and mi upon mind. Cast out the, of heaven, Satan set up his kingdom in this world, and ever since he has been untiringly striving to seduce human beings from their allegiance to God. He uses the same power that he used in heaven, the influence of mind on mind. Men become tempters of their fellow men. The strong corrupting sentiments of Satan are cherished and they exert a masterly compelling power. Under the influence of these sentiments, men bind up with one another in confederacies, in trade unions, in secret societies. There are at work in the world agencies that God will not much longer tolerate. The trade unions will be the cause of the most terrible violence that has ever been seen amongst human beings. Do you think this is going to come true? I believe so. I've stood on the other side of the trade unions. I've had them storm me with police all around. I've had them break my ribs. I've stood in the Senate building of the university with a trade union and its followers all around, smashing the building until all the glass shattered and the whole building came down like rain, with murder in their eyes. Amazing stories. I could tell you stories about trade unions, which are just the tip of the iceberg of what is going to come. Imagine what will happen when the economy starts collapsing. Can you imagine the violence and the anger in the world? Sun worship. There is a round red disc, adoration of the celestial cow. Sun worship. Sun worship. Is sun worship occult worship, Babylonian worship, part of the system of Babylon? Well, let's wait and see, and we'll do this in the next session. As we continue with this question of sun worship, the red disc was a symbol of the solar deity. Actually, it then represents Set, the god of the underworld, the god, or Seth at least, the god of death. If you look here, IHS, Isis, Horus, Seth, you'll see Seth was always depicted with a red disc. And Seth, 
according to occultists, is Satan, Lucifer. If you look at various sun symbols, these are the ones that are very common in the world today, and you will notice uh, yin-yangs, if you like, triple yin-yangs, or mitzatoms over there, in fours, in squares, and all of these interesting sun symbols. Here is the big red dot, the holy dot, or bindi, also known as kum kum, whatever, tilak, and by other names is an auspicious makeup worn by young Hindu girls and women on their forehead. The term is derived from bindu as a Sanskrit word for a dot or a point, considered a blessed symbol of uma or parvati, a bindi signifies female energy or shakti. Now let's go and find a little bit further what this means. Here's the Encyclopedic Dictionary of Yoga. It informs us that this chakra is also called the third eye. The center is connected with the sacred syllable Om, and presiding it is Para Shiva. Who was Shiva? Do you remember what Blavatsky said who Shiva was? It was Satan, it was Lucifer. After activation of the center, the aspirant overcomes Amaka, ego, or sense of individuality, the last hurdle on the path to spirituality. What did the, the uh, United Nations say? We will have to give up what? Our individuality. Do you know that you were created a free agent by God, and Satan requires you to give that up? No, thank you. We are children of the Most High. We will not give up our individuality. And what is this dot? The dots. Sun Microsoft Systems, just beneath the surface of your business, is the most powerful force in the universe. This is a normal advertisement. Do they have a hidden agenda? The dot, with dot in com, dot com, you know no boundaries, and your competition knows never to enter your waters. They divide it up nicely. All the franchises go into different places. Nobody is competition. Everybody makes money. The dot turns information into power. The power is everywhere, and it's always on, thanks to ferocious internet computing tools. The dot ultra-available enterprise serves such and such. Solaris.com. What does Solaris mean? Sun. It's called Sun Microsoft, and it has a Masonic square. These people, I think, they, they know what they're dealing with. I think they know what they're dealing with. Well, there's some dots for you. Red Dot Girls, the Elder Lesbian Initiative, Red Dot Building Systems. I'm not saying everybody that uses a red dot is necessarily one of them, but it's one of the symbols that is used. Mega companies, mega mergers. Are these people for real? Are they hiding something, perhaps? You know, reserve banks, powerless to hold banks to governments. What are these mega-mergers? Did you know that these are occult symbols? Yes, they are. And that in the original writings of these companies, they are listed as such? Yes, very interesting. So who was Chrysler? And who were all these people? And why is that a pentagon and a pentagram all in one? Well, there's Chrysler. This is a picture I took from a Scottish Rite calendar given out by Scottish Rite Freemasonry, where Chrysler is listed as a 33-degree Freemason, whether we like it or whether we don't. All these mega companies, political organizations, Ford, what about Ford? Or Volkswagen, or any one of those. Here's Volkswagen, 
And you can see they have a little advertisement here, the Wall Street so-and-so, and there are the numbers. Combination for the lock is 666-666. Chance? Could be. Could be chance. Who are they cooperating with? Ford Motor Company. There you see the same symbol as Volkswagen on the papal choir. This comes from the same Masonic calendar. There, Ford is listed as a 33-degree Freemason. So, we don't have to look too far. There is their advertisement. They use the same. 666 in their advertisement. They even call it hell. 666. They don't even worry about this guy sitting in the front there. Isn't that interesting? Well, what about this red dot? What about that red dot that is used over here? This mega company is called Coke. What is Coke? It's a shortcut for cocaine. You see, Coke is made from the extract of the cocaine plant. Under the drug laws, they must now extract all cocaine from it. But originally, maybe they weren't so fussy, right? How do you get a drink to be the biggest drink in the world? And there's so much caffeine in it that it's obviously addictive. And Christina Onassis died from an overdose of Coke, by the way. These are the mega companies. This is the company that made Santa Claus famous. Santa. That's just a scrambling of an interesting name. What about that red dot? Do these companies control things? Why two of them merging? Has it to do with the merging of the male-female aspect, the red dot and the yellow dot? Why all these dots in dots and dots? What is this here? Lucent technology. A serpent with a tail in the mouth? A round circle with a tail in the mouth? What's that dot doing there in the cigarette company? Or why use double S's when that is an occult symbol? Or that red dot, if you like. Or that E. What does the E stand for? Interesting symbolism. All of these companies using these circles representing um, serpents with a tail in the mouth or symbols of shamash or you name it, all the mega companies. The O in mobile, for example, is a red circle which has an occult meaning. The original symbol of mobile was Pegasus. Pegasus is the god of death. And uh, pentagrams, shelves, the Coptic versions or the deities used to come out of the shell there, the great banking companies, the strange combinations of animals. This is an interesting Eastern logo, that one over there, used by some of the mega companies. That's just interesting stuff. Alfa Romeo uses a serpent swallowing man. Actually, when you think about it, why have a serpent swallowing man? Isn't that interesting? Or this one over here used by this motor company. It's the symbol of the bull cult. We could go on and on and on. It's not really important. I mean, symbolism is not important. It really is a joke. Or this one over here. That's a very interesting one. It's the same as Lucent Technology. Loose, Lucent Technology. This company over here, Serp Circle. And it's also actually the serpent with the tail in the mouth, but written so neatly that the inside makes a six. Is all this chance? Well, if you go and read the book by Kathy Burns on Masonic symbols, you will see that many of them explain exactly where they get their symbols from, and they are occult, and they say so themselves. You have 13s, 
hidden in them? Bell. You have so many bells. Bell this, bell that, bell the other, bell, 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 bell. Who was bell? It was a god, bell. But here's an interesting one. I've shown this to you before, but I want to point out something else. This was the official website of the Church of Satan, and initially there was a company logo that seemed to be a sponsor for this. Can you see it down there? Can you see it down there? That's very interesting. That's taken direct from their official web page. Well, they later denied it like crazy, but it was there. It's taken off now. But uh, here is another massive franchise. What is all this symbolism? Double-headed eagles and all these symbols. And then this thing over here with a wedge of the eye in the eye of Lucifer. This I took from the Fort Worth Masonic Lodge. There's the same symbol. There it is. Just the other way around. Are these franchises controlled by someone? What about this one over here? A very famous thing. I wear them. I, I don't care. They make nice trousers. They make nice shoes. I don't care. I have to walk. It's always nice, you know, occasionally you can give an extra stamp. <laughs> well, Nike, they know exactly who that is. They say that it is the goddess, the spirit of Nike. The goddess, they know who they're dealing with. Well, what about all these mega companies? Do they have to have the double S built in? Do they have to have it? Or do they have to give Masonic handshakes when they hand out their little medals to each other? Little awards for great work. Do you know this card? This is the cash card. In uh, Africa we use these. You take this card and you go and you pay anything from a parking meter to whatever you want to pay. You can put as much money on it as you like. It's cash. Wherever you go you just go swipe and it's cash. And when it's empty, it's empty. You go back to the bank, you swipe it and you fill it up. You can fill it at the, up at the supermarket. Just punch in your bank number, swipe it through, and you got money again. It's an interesting card. What has it got on it? It's got all these symbols on. Mitsubishi loses the same symbols. They are symbols of uh, pagan deities. It has the all-seeing eye on it. It even has a coin on it with a face on it. And I don't know whether you can recognize that face, but I can. Whose face is it? It's Pope John Paul II. Yes, interesting. I wonder who controls the world's cash. What about the world entertainment media? These are the megastars of the world. What's he doing here, showing off Masonic ritual? You remember who he is, don't you? He played in the Titanic. He was the main star. Okay. And uh, let's just have a look at this, what they showed on one television station. There is nothing wrong with your television. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are now controlling the transmission. We control the horizontal and the vertical. We can deluge you with a thousand channels or expand one single image to crystal clarity and beyond. We can shape your vision to anything our imagination can conceive. For the next hour, we will control all that you see and hear. That's just the introduction to a program. We control everything you see, everything you do, and one satanic symbol after the other appears. But that's nothing compared to what you can see on televisions. I mean, wow.
The evil that's out there is tremendous. Who controls these mega societies? Who controls the entertainment world? Well, these are the mega companies. What are they using? What are CBS uses? Uses the all-seeing eye of Lucifer. What's Columbia use? Uses the Masonic Triangle plus the goddess. Yes, that's basically the one carrying the flame. That's Lucifer with the sun symbol behind her. Or this one over here using the half moon. Or this one over here using a Masonic shield. Or using uh, Masonic triangles. These are sacred mountains that are used in the worship, particularly in Aztec countries. Or this company over here, again using the top of the Masonic triangle with the female deity, the female form of Lucifer, and using Pegasus, the god of death, as their symbol. This one over here uses the peacock, symbol of Lucifer. This one over here is so full of Masonic uh, symbolism, they won't even bother with it. All of them are involved in one way or another. Sony uses the Masonic Triangle, you name it. Who controls them? We've looked at the sporting world, same symbol. And then there's another song. Rejoice over her, song six. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles, and the prophets, for God has avenged venged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus will with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. Okay, this is a heavenly song. And it's declaring the destruction of Babylon. Babylon to be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. Revelation 18.22, and the voice of the harpers and the musicians and the pipers and the trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. No craftsman of whatever craft shall be, he be shall be found any more in thee, and the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. Verse 23, and the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more. That's what they do, marry and give in to marriage, all in thee, for thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by their sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints, and of those that were slain upon the earth. Don't think this system has been good. How many people have the Mussolinis of this world slaughtered? Unbelievable countless millions. And how many people have not died in the business world with corrupt dealings? Unbelievable. But notice this one over here. This music, harpers, musicians, pipers, trumpeters shall be heard no more. No more. What about the world of music? Do you know what that is? Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. What was he? He was a high Freemason. Daniel 3, 1 to 6. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth 
six cubits, then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the councillors, the treasurers, the justice, the justices, all officials of all the provinces come to the dedication of the images. Did he leave anyone out? Now he had a long list as who had to bow down. Everybody. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations and languages. Wow, it sounds just like Revelation. At the time you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the sitter, the lyre, the harp, the bagpipe, all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. Now we've looked at how this worship is in the churches already, so I'm not even going to show you that. But Babylon is more than just the churches. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who shall hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the sitter, the lyre, the harp, the bagpipe, all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship, he should be thrown into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Daniel 3, 10 and 11. So music will play a tremendous role in the final confusion. Die Zauberflöte, the magic flutes. Do you know this beautiful piece of work? Well, who was it dedicated to? It was dedicated to Isis and Osiris. And seeing that I don't have a clip, maybe I even have to sing it to you and chase you all away. But it said, to Isis und Osiris. Anybody know that? Ode to Isis and Osiris? I'm not going to sing it. I don't want to make you suffer that much. You're suffering enough already. But that was what it was. That was the stage. You had the half moon with the deity in it, the queen in it. That is occultism. The, the set was Egyptian with all the ancient figures. Listen to what this uh, knowledgeable fellow on this subject has to say. Listen carefully. It's a very short clip. Right. Music's such a beautiful thing. Oh, it's really It's amazing. I love seeing like all different cultures just there together, bobbing their heads, or just moving to the music, no segregation. That's the, it's, it, music's the one thing that can cross over all boundaries. Oh, yeah. That's a language. That's a complete language. All right. First thing he said was, oh, yes, it's a religion. Music is a religion, and it is a language. It crosses all boundaries, all barriers. That's what he said. He should know. One big party, the house scene. And today, thousands and thousands, no, millions, are duped into this type of activity. And where does it start? It starts with the heart of Babylonian worship. This man is Alistair A. Crowley, and the Beatles even had a song dedicated to him, Alistair Crowley. Do you remember that? Yes, they loved him. And so does the entire rock world love Alistair Crowley. He was an interesting man. Let's see what he wrote. This is Alistair Crowley saying, I have feasted myself on the blood of saints, but I am not suspected of men to be their enemy. For my fleece is white and warm, for my teeth are not the teeth of one who tears, and my eyes are mild, and they know me not as the chief of the lying spirits. Beautiful art thou, O Babylon, Babylon, thou mighty mother that ride upon the crowned beast. Let me be drunken upon the wine of your fornication and let your kisses wanton me to death. Ooh, I think he was on the other side. What do you think? 
This is wickedness in high places. Do you think these people are just deceived or do they know what they are doing? They know what they are doing. So he was a wicked, wicked Luciferian. Well, here are the big bands today. Rush and all of these. Here's a band. And up there is in their album this dark picture over there where you can see nothing. Try and highlight it a little bit and you'll see there's actually a man looking down there. I don't know whether you can see that. But that is none other than Anton LaVey, founder of the Church of Satan. This is a nice band. Notice that they use the same symbolism. Kiss knights in service of Satan. A very friendly people. Or this man, Bono, we've had him before. He was the one that now appeared in the Nelson Mandela Festival uh, together with some other stars that we'll be seeing. Remember that he has the bent cross and he is the friend not only of who gets to meet these people as a rock star. Kofi Annan, the presidents of the United States, uh, all the big people in the world, Jesse Helms. That, by the way, is an interesting signal picture, but you'll, I'm not going to go into those details. Or the Pope. Well, if you have, wear a bent cross, you get into all these things. A deeper meaning, the rock music, Zeus gathering. Do you think they are inviting you to a particular deity, perhaps? Babylonian water. Isn't that interesting? Four elements production. This is satanic at best. So there's a deeper meaning in what these music worlds are doing. What about this lady that also appeared on the Nelson Mandela 46664 show? They say that was his cell number, but that could also have been chosen. Can we have some volume? You know I'm not that kind. Sounds a little bit like a cat with its tail in a vice, right? Come on. All kinds of music. So Anastasia can sing like that, or she could sing like this. Depends on the mood, right? Totally different mood. All right, we don't have to go into all the details of what she sings. Do you think this is chance? This particular thing over here? Or looking over the rims of the glasses? If you think that's chance, is the ankh on her music labels and the sun symbols, are they chance? And why do all these birds of a feather flock together? Do you think that all kinds of music might be interesting? Mother of queens, what does that mean? A queen is a homosexual, a male, female variety. There was a whole band that was called Queen. Who was the main singer? Freddie Mercury. Have you heard of him? Well, he was one, and he paid the price. What does it mean if there's a sunflower on their advertisement? Well, isn't there nobody here who can help us out? Who was on this road? This is an advertisement for LSD. Come and fetch your drugs here. Of course, it's also highly sexually suggestive. And there are wings. 
and there are Babylonian symbols when you get invited, and of course, free sexuality, E equals love and happiness. Who is E? E is ecstasy, but it's also the eye of Lucifer. And he controls all the media. That's why we have email. Interesting. So if you worship him, you have happiness and love and free sex, rock and roll. All of it is highly suggestive of sexuality. It's pretty sick. And sex for sale. There's a record company using a red dot. And it has a virgin in it. That's very interesting. Also another mega company. Or who is this beautiful lady? Or is it a lady? Let's listen to her sing. I just can't explain In this language that I use You recognize her? Then leaves my speechless Mega star What's her name? Her name is Alton John. What does she say? She says, or he says, there is nothing wrong with going to bed with someone of your own sex. I think people should be more free with sex. They should draw the line at goats. Well, I don't know whether I should even say that, but Alistair Crowley said you don't have to draw the line there. So, sexagesimal triangles in the music world, cream, you can just carry on. Symbolism and mystery. Taurus the bull, in honor of Taurus this festival is. Who's Taurus? That's interesting. And why earth, wind, fire, and all of these? This is witchcraft. Who is this in honor of? What is happening here? What is happening at the house scenes and at the drug scenes? And why are all these symbols always occults? Rave. It's a form of meditation. Last year I took a 70-year-old Zen monk to a rave party, he was curious enough to overcome his dislike of the music until his face lit, lit up with a revelation. This is meditation, he shouted above the noise. Later he explained that the walking meditation he taught involved being fully aware of the moment without any internal dialogue, separating actions from intentions, etc., etc. So this was something spiritual. So what happens at a rave? Some of the symbolism, discs, Eagle's wings, man with outstretched arms, divine deity. What about this? This was a beautiful movie, they say. This was a beautiful song. The Titanic, given here with a triangle. Titan, is, of course, was the ship's name. It was a mega company. And it also said, nobody can harm us, not God, not the world. And Titan is Satan's Greek name. They even gave it the name of Satan. And then they make it a romantic movie with the most beautiful music. Can we have some volume? Every night in my dreams, Every night in my dreams I see you, I feel you. That is how I know you go on. You live forever. Far across the distance. Far across the distance. And spaces between us. You have come. 
you have come to show you go on of the dead. Near, far, wherever you are, I believe that the heart goes on and on. We don't have to listen to more. What do the lyrics say? The lyrics are spiritism. The music is bewitching, isn't it? The melody gets burnt into your head. Is this part of Babylon or is it not? Unfortunately, yes, because it prints messages. What about drugs and the rape scene? Yeah, this is a very famous DJ affair, JDJ, with all the occult symbols that you can imagine, and uh, symbols of Samash in there, and these are the pills that you can get hold of, the drug pills, with all the symbols on them, every single symbol you can think of. LSD is the most popular drug in the Goa trance scene, and there you can see these little squares, each of them represents a trip. So here you have all these symbols, and please note that you have Ganesh over there, that's the god of Eastern mysticism. Even these uh, funny little cartoons that they use, and the football, those are all actually occult symbols. And each little square has enough LSD that if you put it under your tongue, then you can get a trip. Now, here's an invitation to a rave. To our friends we haven't met, welcome to the house of Rush, where nasty music and wicked people become one, DJs so-and-so and so-and-so, so-and-so and so-and-so, no illegal substances, no weapons. Hello, they call themselves Rush. Rush is the trip you go on when you have a trip on LSD. And why is there invitation in little LSD squares? Doesn't that tell the insider crowd there will be drugs there? If you take ecstasy, you go into an altered state of consciousness and you open your mind to another spirit. Now let's turn the sound right down on this one because the sound is bad. This is Jay-Z Knight, the great channel, and she is running a seminar and she is going to now train totally normal people how to come into contact with the spirit world. The video is not very good and there they start clapping and and praying and doing all their things together. But now she's informing them that in order to make a channel for the spirit to come in, you have to go a little bit further. It's not enough to clap and have rhythm. You now have to open a channel. And what you need to do is you need to take something to lighten up. Alcohol. So, let's bring in some alcohol and let's start our mystic session with alcohol. So, some of these people have never had wine in their lives. Now they have to drink wine because it makes it easier for the spirit to come in. And they start drinking their wine. Once you've started drinking the wine, well, you need something more to make it a little bit more pizzazzy. This lady says, I've never had anything to drink in my life. This was my first experience. What a spiritual upliftment when we could drink together and ask for the spirit to take control. These are normal people. Can you believe it? And they fall for this rubbish? And now she's going to demonstrate how we can improve 
the spirit's activity. Instead of just wine, what else can we use? Let's see what she does. Oh, the wine looks good. Oh, let's light up a pipe. Let's start smoking. Well, these are the introductory stages. Where does it go to then? Then it goes to drugs. And if you're a raver, that's what you're on. You're actually opening up for an altered state of consciousness and goa, head, and all these raves. What fascinates me in the, is the rave, rave culture is purely hedonistic. It is frequently regarded as a spiritual event. That's very interesting. And they celebrate their unity and shared uplifted state. To stretch the religious met metaphor, DJs are the high priest of the rave ceremony. So it is actually a religious event. Goa is a paradise on the shores of India, a place where hippies and travelers have retired or retreated since the 60s. The Goa trance is best described as a psychedelic dance music. In Goa, the main dance drug is LSD. Needless to say, the music is composers take full advantage of this. Weaving in synth 303 analog noises and a powerful kaleidoscope of sounds. The beat is a steady 4-4 kick, but is often hidden deep within the twirling array. So this is actually music, if we can have the sound up again. I'm not going to play much of this, but notice how it builds up. It gets higher and higher. Then she says, I come down from violent skies. I'm about to reveal the tales of your life. I'm about to reveal the tales of your life. Too many secrets unlocked inside your mind, but you're Oh, it's pure spiritism, the song. But the ravers don't even notice it because they're high. And they're being imprinted with something in their head. So what is actually happening in this music industry? This is a band called Black Sabbath. Well, it's an old band, yes. These were uh, Sabbath keepers once. Sabbath keepers. You know, if you empty out the house and you clean it out, seven demons worse than before come back. Have you watched Ozzy Osbourne on television? Have you watched him in that famous television show where they film him in his house and everything he does? He's got the foulest mouth under the sun and totally spaced out and nothing left of him. Is that what you get from drugs? Really not worth it. This man over here, notice that he has a witch's coven down there. And this man also used to be a Sabbath keeper. And his family are Sabbath keepers. And he sings a very interesting song. And he's world famous. Let's listen to his song and see what he has to say. It's Prince. All sevens, and we'll watch them fall. They stand in the way of love, and we'll smoke them all. And the savoir faire, no one in the whole universe will ever compare. I am yours now, and you are mine. Come some demonic noises. 
What's he saying? He's saying something about the sevens. They think they are so great, they think they know it all. Well, I'm yours now and you are mine and together we'll love through space and time and one day all sevens will die. What's he saying? He is speaking with a Babylonian prophetic tongue. I have news for you, Prince. Read Revelation and you will see God will not let them die, although you might think so. Well, let's go a little bit deeper. This is a very famous man, Carlos Santana. He's speaking in Rolling Stone magazine. And he's saying, in my meditations, this entity called Metatron said, we want to hook you back to the radio airwave frequency to reach junior high schools, high schools and universities. Once you reach them, we want you to present them with a new form of existence. People are going crazy with Latin frenzy and Spanish frenzy, but it's really African music that Ricky Martin is playing and Jennifer Lopez is playing, and I am playing. Right, so he wants a new form of existence. He wants a new religion printed into their minds. And who's telling him this? An entity that he speaks to called Metatron. Who's Metatron? Well, let's go to the highest Masonic book, Morals and Dogma, and ask them, who Metatron is. The 28th degree of Scottish Freemasonry is subject to Metatron and Saldaphon. Now, who are they? Quote, Morals and Dogma, Albert Pike. The password of the degree is given as Metralon, which is a corruption of Metatron, the cherub, who and Saldaphon are in the Kabbalah, the chief of the angels. The active and passive symbols are the male and female. So who is Metatron? It's Satan. Who is Sandalphon? It's the female aspect of Satan. One and the same thing. So who is Santana speaking to? He's speaking to the devil, and he's using a genuine occult name. These people are occultists, and they are wor working for Babylon. The follower of Buddha seeks to incorporate a Lao, a lesser god, and the rhythm lets him be taken over. The African drum is considered sacred. They are washed, put to rest, worshipped as deities, and the drums are the ears of the gods. Interesting. Look at the blasphemy here, pretending to be uh, bleeding at the hands and feet. What about hip-hop? Hip-hop is the rhythm that can bring about an altered state of consciousness without the drums. Same thing. Joshua heard the voice of the people in the shouting and he said to Moses, Exodus 32, a sound of war is in the camp. And he says, it's not a sound of cry of victory or a sound of cry of defeat. I'm hearing the sound of singing. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, uninhibited, for Aaron had made them naked, uninhibited to their shame, amongst their enemies. Well, they were using music. And we can use music for good or we can use it for bad. We can be moved by the Spirit. Here is a rage of Dasaid. Can you believe this? This was a rage in a charismatic church with a full catastrophe. And it makes no difference whether this music is in the church or whether it is used by the devil himself out there. Where have we come to? And the Pope goes rock, the name of God. Well, 
Psalm 7, Revelation 19.1, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven, the final heavenly voice, saying, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. We are living in a time that calls for decided action. The world is more bitterly opposed than ever to gospel reform. It sure is. Are we surprised when God is going to end the system? How many young people today have been destroyed by drugs? How many people? Absolute horrendous when you see what is happening to the young people. And guess which countries are most subject to drugs? The Protestant countries. The Protestant countries. Is there a method in the madness, perhaps? Just ask him. Just ask him. The world is more bitterly opposed than ever to gospel reform, but notwithstanding this, God's work is to go forward. The words of Christ came down to us who are living at the close of earth's history. When these things shall begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. The nations are in unrest, times of perplexity are upon us, men's hearts are failing them for fear of the things that are coming upon the earth. But those who believe in God will hear his voice amid the storm, saying, It is I, be not afraid. The world is lying in wickedness and apostasy. Rebellion to God's law seems almost universal. But amid the tumult of excitement with confusion in every place, there is a work to be done for God and the world. People, young people always ask me, is there still time to, to, to go and study? Is there time to get married? Is there time to do this? You sound as if the Lord is coming tomorrow. Yes, I sound as if the Lord is coming tomorrow, and I wish it is tomorrow. But you must plan your life as though he is coming in 15 years and live your life as though he's coming tomorrow. So yes, go and educate yourself. Do you think God wants stupid people in heaven or uneducated people in heaven? If you have an opportunity, uplift yourself. Go and work for the Lord. The Lord needs educated people to go and do his thing. Go and work for the Lord. If you're good at raising families, do it with prayer and raise families up for God's glory. Thus the message of the third angel will be proclaimed. As it comes, for it is to be given with greatest power, the sins of Babylon will be laid open. That's what we did in the series. In that message that we just read over there, this is the summary. The sins of Babylon will be laid open. That's what the series was about. The fearful results of enforcing the observance of the church by civil authority must be made plain. The inroads of spiritualism into the church must be made plain. The stealthy but rapid progress of the papal power must be made plain. The testimony that Babylon is the church, fallen because of her errors and sins, all will be unmasked. Have we done this in this series? I hope so. If not, then we will have failed. We are heading for perilous times. We are heading for a time such as never was. Romans 8 verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. 
Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I believe that with my whole heart. And I would love you all to believe it as well. We serve amazing God. And I'll tell you, heaven will not be boring. I guarantee it. Young people, heaven will not be boring. There will be adventures like you cannot believe. Young kids, I'll travel with you on the biggest animal through the biggest jungle in the world. Just give your hearts to the Lord. No snakes to bite you, just wonderful things to see. Don't give up on God. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. This world has nothing to offer but you have to live in it so live in it and look at the flowers look at the beautiful things you can live in this world and look at briars and thorns and be miserable that's not cheerfulness we can be cheerful in this world because we have a savior and he has left enough in this world to keep us cheerful we don't have to be miserable be cheerful happy Christians and trust in the Lord and no one will be lost. Amen. If this episode impacted you, please share it with others. Amazing Discoveries is a donor-supported ministry. To help us keep producing content like this, visit amazingdiscoveries.org. And, as always, you can find the visual presentation of this episode on ADTV.watch.